I mean, I think that's a good distinction too. Like, there's there's butts everywhere you go. The world is right. full of butts. Some of them are nicer than others. Some of the, some butts are nice. It's true. The world. Sorry. No, no, that's a good quote. The world the world's full of butts. You have to decide whether or not you're going to be serving it a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back to three, two, one. Lay on. This is uh, kind of a two-parter. Our interview with. Josh and Paul, if you didn't catch that one, be sure to catch up with the last episode. Uh, we had started off talking about just sort of their backstories and the experience of LARPing with friends and a, and a group of friends, uh, which is really what this LARP is. The staff is a group of friends that had started their own organization and then their own LARP, uh, and it's a bunch of really cool people, so we've really enjoyed playing with them. Uh, and then as we just got into talking, we kind of talked about rules. It was uh, about the second half of the conversation, and just learning rules, and it's a large part of the game, right? You know, you got to have some rules, otherwise it's not really a game. Yeah, there's a joke that it's uh, a game without any rules, and you just use your imagination, you know, any of these role-playing games, but I can't imagine any of these games not having rules. Right. And maybe that's just because part of, one of the parts I really enjoy is making a character based on those rules and not exploiting those rules, but, you know, finding rules that work well together. Right, and that's what, uh, I think that's where the creativity comes into it, you know? Um, if you don't have any rules or limitations, creativity is not really necessary, you know, because you can do whatever you want. Um, but when you have, you know, some guidelines that you have to stay within, um, using those to accomplish your objective is where the fun and creativity for me at least comes into play yeah let's get into uh, part two here Alrighty. so i have like i've got this like larp bug now like i got home and i was good for a day or two but then like after that i was like oh i can't wait another month to larp <laughs> i was like good. i was like where are there larps around me <laughs> and so i started looking for new ones and i found one that it kind of reminded me of my old um, my old LARP I used to play and a little bit of Nero. Um, but I was looking through it and it was like the rules and skills were so much, I want to say heavier, like I was going to say in depth, but it's, it's almost yeah. more like heavier and complicated than Frontier Dawn. You know what I mean? And yeah, I looked at it too. It was a tad convoluted. Yeah. So there's a thing where if you have a LARP that, that goes for long enough and, and this isn't really my story. This is a guy, our friends of ours named Brody. So this is the best way to explain it. You'll have parry. And, and parry you can use to block physical attacks. Except for the one physical attack that's unblockable from parry. It's the unblockable attack. For the unblockable attack, you need unblockable parry. But then they'll insert unblockable, unblockable melee attack. For which you need the unblockable, unblockable pair. And it just keeps going like that. If, if you keep layering stuff on. Yeah. And some LARPs that, have, that get really old get that way, where their systems are, are needlessly complex in that. Masterless, Kamehameha, Perry. I think I've seen that clip on the, on the internet. It's like these people are LARPing, but they're just standing at each other talking because they're <laughs> countering, countering. I did this. No, this. Well, what's that do? Oh, this and this. Why this? <laughs> and so it's like not really live action. It's more like live. Stand there and figure out the rules together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You notice that in Frontier Dawn, 
they reduced all the the defenses. So there's not like special parry and special parry too. It's just like magical attacks or spiritual attacks or physical attacks, and you have one defense for each one. Mm-hmm. In a catalyst, you just have two defenses. You have sanity defenses or other everything else. Mm-hmm. So you said you were not so much on the rules side of things. Me, no, yeah. I'm not really. A, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a numbers guy. I mean, like I've definitely had input in our rule system, but uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, you know, like I wouldn't, you know, take too much credit out of it. I mean, really, Joe and Felicia and Jake put a lot of work to do it, and this guy Joe, who originally started off, and he developed really the, the core skeleton of it. He, other Joe, he's not. Um, Joe Peppy, and he's not he's not really part of our staff anymore. But when he was staff, like he really, really paved the way. And then, you know, honestly, he helped get us off the ground. And you'll find that with like a lot of games, like there's these, I call them like the secret, like people who help get it started. Like the guy who made our character generator, Mike Mulweeney, he's never LARPed in his life. I think he, I don't know if he intended, I mean, he's, he's hinted at me that that he you know, that, that he might want to give it a try eventually, but it's, it's so interesting. I, I feel like behind, like every LARP I've played at, there's been that one guy who's just like, or that couple guys who maybe show up to the game once or just, but they really helped get it off on like, the ground. Like Doug Pasco. Yeah, exactly. Like our friend Doug, who does that, who's done that. He, would, he would go to a lot of different games and just yeah. basically work <laughs> on the effects, not even play in the game. Yeah, and like we'd meet him there, and he'd be there like before and after game, but never during. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 you you like I said, and those people are just so interesting to me because like they like like I like the whole our generator thing. Mike Mulwiney was literally like I was at he was he was working you know, I was working he was a higher level uh, tech than I, and um you know so I I would I watch him do all this crazy stuff with and they always send all the programming stuff to him. And, you know, me and him were, were all, you know, were always great work friends. And one day I turned to him, I was like, bro, I need a nerdier nerd. Dude, can you please help me make this generator thing work? You know, like I cracked some of the PHP to this, but it's just way too advanced for me. And, you know, he took the project on. He just made it what it is. And, like, it was just amazing. And he's still dead. I don't even work with the guy anymore. And he still offered his you know, services anytime that, you know, it needs it. He'll, he'll, he'll fix it and add things and help me with it. And, it's just that kind of and that kind of stuff I've seen, like I said, I've seen across just not my own experience, but uh, other experiences as well. And I think, that, again, that goes back to community and the bonds you make with people, not only at LARP, but off of LARP. It, it goes to show you that, you know, it like takes a village. It does. And, it, you know, it, it just because, you know, someone may not, you know, be into the into the hobby completely. You know, you'll find that your relationship with people, if they see you jazzed about something, they'll get jazzed about it too. And uh, and that's kind of cool. I, you know, energy is definitely infectious. So Totally. Talk about like how rules connect to character development. Because um, I think I will do that. Like when I was looking into this other game, I could see the abilities I wanted to do with my character, you know, so I sort of saw this path in mind. Um, but maybe with a a simpler or a, a newer system do you think that's still available or you have to kind of like use these abilities but fill in the gaps you know what i'm trying to say you always have to fill in the gaps to an extent um but you kind of have to be careful to only fill in the gaps where there are 
are gaps that the rules don't already fill in. Yeah. Like a lot of games, like you can get away with saying that like you cook things, like your character cooks things, because there are no rules about cooking. And there's no real benefit in game for cooking. It's just flavor. But at the same time, if you want to be a rogue, you got to take all the sneaky roguey hiding skills. You can get away to a certain extent with uh, being really sneaky in real life, but you're never going to be able to like shiv someone in the back if you don't have the skill for it. Right. <laughs> That's a good segue because I was actually looking through the Frontier Dawn rules. Because my wife said that if she played, that's what she would want to do is sneak around and not oh, be... Not be... Shadow Ninja! So, <laughs> we need, we so, need one of those. So uh, um, when, when we start making these rules, I, uh, I, <laughs> I was like, Blood Ninja! Because it, um, I think the, the best mix of that would be uh, take a little bit of body uh, with dexterity, then dash into shadow... Uh, mage with blood uh you see when you, when you take uh, you take mind you know so when you take body you take the dexterity then you take mind you take shadow and blood as your two uh sources and um yeah you you're just a nasty ninja guy who you know can draw people's blood and i don't know you're like something i have an anime mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah yeah and uh yes yeah definitely it's like your ninja assassin but you can literally like heal yourself with blood and take other people's blood and like you know, the yeah, then bash the shadow and then knock people out, and you know, um, and I think thematically, those are some of the things I like about personally our system is that you know you can mix and match and really create these really interesting, unique characters, you know, through that. Um, but as far as I'd like to think, every LARP has the capacity to have your, you know, your RA Salvatore D and D party. You know, most LARPs have the ability for you to create a rogue, create, mm -hmm. you know, a paladin, you know, create a, uh, a, a, a barbarian of some sort. Um, you know, really, really the, the standard, I think, 3.5 character, you know, D&D &D characters. Um, I think when you deviate, is really up to you and how you want to interpret those rules. I think rules interpretation and imagination go a long way with creating any character in, in any roleplay setting. And I think it's important that when you look at the rules to not oh, take them as they are, but also just not take them as in like, you know, you just, you just throw a fireball. But to me, you know, take it one step further, you know, I'm not throwing a, a fireball, I'm throwing the essence of fire. So I'm pyro, it's the pyro mage. And like, you know, stuff like that, stuff like that. Because if you take that role play one step further, you know, it could really, you could really do whatever you want with it because the rules are just there to give you almost, you know, the, the pencils, mm -hmm. the, the, what you choose to draw with them is, you know, completely up to you. And, um, and I think there's a lot. So yeah, you look for a rule system to make sure that it has the pencils you want to color with, but also note that, you know, you are in complete control of what you do with those pencils, despite what the rules say, just as long as you're following the rules. Yeah, and two different people, even if they're using the same exact pencils to continue using the metaphor, yeah. are always going to come up with something different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very apt. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. They're always going to see the fireball ball they throw being different, or, you know, the the mm -hmm. whirlwind attack that the, the fighter gets being a, a different style of how they do it. You know, one guy who plays the, 
the fighter thinks of himself as a swashbuckler as the other thinks of himself as a you know crazy paladin dude you know who waits through blood um so it's 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 really a it, again it's really all up to you and how you want to play off that but uh i've i've played games where the rules have been like really you look at the rules and you're like man these rules are pretty limiting like you know you can really only play one type of character mm-hmm. but that's when the, the challenge lies is that you know you you take that uh those rules and then you you just you rely on the lore of the game and if the lore's not there then you make your own fun yep. mm-hmm. um and try to work with the staff as much as possible so you're not going against their grant a lot of staff honestly it would be very perceptive of you adding your own fun to it if it's not in contradictory with the, with the theme of the game um, and i think that's again important when when doing any you know anything out of the box of the larp is just as if you just check in with the staff a little bit, not only would they appreciate it, but they might they might throw you a hat and help you out a little bit too. You're basically making their job easier if you well, if you make sort of role play stuff for everyone to be entertained by. Yeah, exactly. I think I think the main rule with with everything in life, and even you know LARP in general, is the biggest thing is consent. You know, if you have consent from the staff, if you've got consent from everyone around you, you're enhancing everybody else's experience then the overall experience is just going to be enhanced. Yeah, that's a good, I don't know how insider it is, but (laughs) I was going to say an insider tip. Like, I I don't think I would think that just going in, I would think, okay, I got to know all these rules, follow them, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't think necessarily to like come up with something. And maybe if I really was like, oh, I really wanted to be this kind of guy or whatever. No, I might just like stray a little from the archetype maybe in my mind, like, I want to be an orc. I just don't want to be like a, you know, bloodthirsty barbarian. You know, I might want to be a little more well-spoken or have a little bit more going on. You know, I don't want to have to talk like an idiot, you know, (laughs) just little things like that, Um, which is actually nice about Frontier Dawn. I don't think that's the case with their orcs. But uh, (laughs) and, and another one, actually, that other game I was reading, it's like orcs are of lower intelligence and favor the warrior classes. And I was like, okay, you have to put extra points into literacy. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and that commonly yeah, was a lot of, uh, and we really did try to break the mold in some of our, uh, our races. And I was really, really happy with what Pete did there. Uh, making them work more Mongolian and having them have the spirituality to them. But mm-hmm. that's really unique. I thought it's brought a lot to our game. And, and he's so happy that there's more. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope I don't let him down. Yeah. He's got, a, he's got a NPC, and, and for a while it was yeah. just him. Yeah, it, it's so great to see him so happy about it, too. I'm like, awesome. I mean, one of the things that's kind of weird about LARP is a lot of times people come in from LARP from tabletop, from like Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And there, so, some sort of, there is a certain amount of intermixing between those two different things, but because you're doing things in real time, because you're like actually swinging around swords, the rule systems for a LARP need to be really different. So you want to play the same archetypes, but a lot of times the rules need to work differently to enable you to do that. And there's some sub stuff, like especially in like 3.5, like for instance, how three rangers work in 3.5, um, that don't quite translate over to LARP. Um, in LARP, using two weapons is a really, really powerful mm-hmm. weapon combination. Yeah. 
Whereas like in Dungeons and Dragons, that's a really specialized, not so powerful weapon combination. In 5th Ed, it's kind of off. In 5th Ed, it works. In earlier editions, it kind of wasn't that great. Right. Two weapons, like great swords and things like that, aren't as great in LARP. Because you're, unless like the rules specifically give you more damage for them, because you have less control over them. Yeah, but they are, yeah. So they still look just as epic, but a lot of times the numbers don't quite work out. Yeah, but every barbarian worth their weight in, in gold gets that, you know, D12 great axe. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and you know, Paul has the, you know, very true there. And I think it's also up to you to look yourself in the mirror and say in the end, how important are these numbers to me? And right. how important are they to my overall happiness of this character? Um, and, and, and that is a, it's a hard thing to, to really talk yourself into because as the person, you know, you might not want to use the great axe because it's not as good as the sword, but as a visionary, as visioning your character, you know, does Glom great axe carry a great axe or does he carry a two-handed sword? Yep. Mm, those are good questions to ask yourself as a LARPer. <laughs> it, it, it is. And, it, and it's always hard because... You're looking at these numbers and you're like, man, I really want to do that extra damage, but I also really want to, you know, portray this, this, you know, vision I have in my mind. What am I going to choose? And you're always going to face those decisions. I, mean, I know I've personally a few times, oh, yep. you have, you have, yeah, but all that too. Oh God, I started playing out. I started my very first start playing with two daggers. And let oh, me tell man. you, you get slugged because it might <laughs> It might work on tabletop in some setups. It doesn't work in real life to have really short things to block with. No. Right. Like shields. Shields and LARP are the boss. Yeah. But Legacy had some awesome rules that help with those things. They had that like shift thing, which was really cool. You had to put it in those situations. It was situational. I think it was a huge field, though. Yeah. If we played the camp we played now, daggers would be the boss. Yeah, probably right. Uh, and it's not that they wrote the rules for the camp. They wrote the rules before they got the camp, probably. Um, but the Legacy's camp was all, you know, was all field, and Paul played a rogue, and, well... In no place to hide. No place to hide. <laughs> I started to after a while. Me, on the other hand, would throw my, would throw my greatsword and then use small daggers because they had the extra damage <laughs> from yeah. behind. Josh, Josh dumped all of his, all of his builds <laughs> into just abilities that did more damage he had no defenses and we would hear constantly in like in battle it would just be crit 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 and crit was like the highest extra damage ability that we had and he was just dumping them like four at a time on npcs <laughs> well, of course i was a glass cannon so I was like this huge barbarian. I would just run it and I'd be like, separately, crit, 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 crit. Then someone would be like, you know, incapacitate. I just fall down. You know, <laughs> that, that, there were some times when it worked though that he would just like cut a swap through all the enemies because he just killed them too quickly. Yeah. And then, then I got this backpack healer. And then, <laughs> then my life was infinitely better. Oh, God. So he got this healer, which was essentially. Paul, we're spell. doing it. We're doing it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no i know no we can fish we have to okay. fish now so <laughs> at legacy you can make summons and the way you did a summon was you put it into another another player 
So a lot of times there were like higher level summons that would essentially let you level up a person temporarily. One of the things that you could do was you could make someone a healing sprite and they would have unlimited healing, which was huge in that game. The healing economy was a huge thing. Having someone that could heal an unlimited amount of times could keep could really be the measure between victory and defeat. Yeah. But the only the the downside to that was this thing only had one health. Mm. It got hit once, it was dead. So here goes Dag wading into the enemy lines, critting everything, and here goes this thing with one HP right behind him with like his hand on the shoulder right into the middle of the swarm yeah it was hilarious pretty crazy but again that's one of those characters because there was plenty of times where i was like man i need more i need to block more stuff and i was like no i'm dragging your blood thing yeah (laughs) but i mean there there is a certain time when you have to say okay this isn't working yeah Mm-hmm. yeah it's like if you're dying too often you need to pick up more health or you need to switch up something about how you're doing like you need to pick up a shield mm-hmm. what's a uh, frontier dawn's stance on that like do you give people like a free reroll or pretty loose on like you know i've had this ability for three events and i've never used it can i get the build points back and put it in something else or so currently with the first year we're allowing rerolls like pretty much, pretty much, you know, we're still seeing how the rules work. Um, a lot of people have kind of just come to us and like, this isn't working. All right, you can try something new. Um, that was that's kind of just been like an unsaid thing. Now, said now. Well, yeah, said now. So next next event, next to you guys, I'm gonna get like everybody, like, <laughs> be like, there are 50 rerolls. No. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, in all, in all seriousness, uh, you know, since we're, we decided we're still figuring things out, we can kind of let people, you know, re-roll as they as they need to. Um, but moving forward, probably three re-rolls uh, a year, I would say would probably be, you know, it's usually the standard. Well, it's usually well, the standard. You mean three first three first, first three, three yeah first first three yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean. I mean, I think that's something we still have to discuss as a, you know, as a as a team. Um, but I would say moving forward, there's 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 a three in there somewhere. Yeah, a lot of let you re-roll within your first three events yeah. because you're still getting used to the system. But the problem with that, every LARP says that, but then you can also re-roll every time there's a new rule book or every mm-hmm. time, a, which it ends up being. Hopefully, it doesn't happen too often. No, no, no. Yeah. But. Uh, but you know, it, it ends up still being more rerolls than uh, than I think everyone bargains for. Um, and granted, we have a system where we can perpetuate that with the generator, where it doesn't really over encumber anybody. I mean, I change one skill and it changes it for everybody else. It does make people confused. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I I did wonder that like I could see even like you get used to using an ability and then you're like you know what, I don't like that as much as I think I would like this ability, and then you might like accidentally use it, and you're like, oh crap, I dropped it, and I mean, there's, there's you gotta have a little bit of uh, you know, grace for everybody, and honor system for everybody, but The bottom line is you guys are, are, are I mean, you guys are paying for experience to have fun we want to mm-hmm. make sure that you get that experience, but also aren't abusing you know, the, that, yeah. and that's and that's where there's a line drawn and I, and I, I almost you know, like to say that, 
you know, it's, it's one of those things that you don't usually get too many people abusing it. You just really have to, you know, keep an eye on it. And, um, you know, if you have and develop a system around it where it doesn't happen too often, but I mean, obviously if you're, if you're, if you have a skill or even you're just, your classes isn't working out for you, uh, personally, you know, we want you to have fun or to work within the confines of, of either the role play or the system to be able to change that. Cool. There, there's an interplay between the role play and the system. So a lot of times, if you're really sort of fed up with the class that you picked or the class concept, a lot of people like go to staff and be like, can I re-roll? And staff would be like, oh, great. I'm going to have to let you completely change your character and it's going to be kind of weird. Now I've got this going. Where really, if you work at it in role play, trying to change your character in-game, in-game role play, staff will be like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll let you do that. Put in the work. Especially if, you know, Stack gets to do something with it, too. Cause it's like, I remember one time, there's this one game we played. Um, actually, one of our players, Angelo, went from an alchemist to a monk. And, like, they made into a mod. So I thought it was really cool. It's yeah. that, you know, Angelo's, like, alchemist thing blew up on itself and turned into, like, this, like, hut golem of alchemy. Everyone had to fight it. And it was Angelo losing his, uh, his alchemy. Which, which is really cool. It was, you know, I remembered that. It wasn't even my experience, but uh, and that just goes to show you like how they can turn that into something positive. That's pretty cool. I can see other, other, you know, experiences like that happening. Mm-hmm. It always works better when you put it in context with the role play than when you just sort of flip the numbers. Sure. Have you seen any uh, creative use of the rules to make a really interesting character that? you didn't expect or you just find really interesting? I'm always a fan of seeing when races play from different areas, but I always find that really cool. And we have a few of those to me that, that we kind of built the world for that. And I, and I, I like to see different takes. Obviously a lot of our Abake players have done that. Like we've uh, mostly actually uh, some reason the Abake players like internal to play. Yeah. Internal world. Yeah. The Abake players like to flock towards the caravan. So I think that's really cool just to get these like because we have uh, you know three characters that play Obaki that are part of the Jin caravans. Um and completely different. Like there's a set of two and there's 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 another guy who does it. And I just I think that's really cool and fascinating. Um also I you know I like to see like you know people trying to use like their races take on the different like archetypes and you know with, with the attributes. Um you know as far as like um, we have um, Tiffany Van Camp and um, who plays, you know, um, a, a Faye. And then we have um, you know Michael Beam who plays a Bobbin, and they're two like you know very high. They're, they're, they're our highest level primal characters in game, and they play the primal completely different. Mm-hmm. And I think you know completely different. One's almost one's more of like your your archetypal druid, and another's almost kind of like a farmer. Yeah, but he's like a farmer protect your crops. Right, it's just. It's really cool to see, like, to see that manifesting. People see when people take their own takes on things that you create. I think is the most rewarding, the most interesting thing to watch. Because I could listen to someone tell me how rad they think my ideas are all day, but in the end, you know, it's it's I want to be excited about your ideas and and you know, seeing you take the ideas I make and make something else out of them is just way cooler than anything I think I can come up with. Yeah, that's a very important point. Um, there's this feedback loop between players and staff. 
a lot of the staff at, at LARPs I've heard say that really what makes their LARP good are players, um, not anything that staff is doing. It's because if you have really good players that are taking what you're putting out and then like reflecting it back with their own creativity, you get really excited about it and you do more stuff with it and put it back out to the players and they get excited about it and it makes you excited about it and just keeps going back and forth like that. Yeah, like I think the fact that we honestly have no, like I'm not saying it's a bad thing either, but the fact that we don't have like any cookie cutter, like I'm human from human town. Um, I mean, we have human, <laughs> but we're not human from human town. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. everyone has their own. You have a human town? <laughs> I mean, we have a few human towns, but they're okay. not human human town. Um, you know, I, I think the, the fact that there's just so many creativity in the in the stories and and the backstories of the characters and the costumes and the things they do like like okay one of the i think the coolest instance is uh is is um our sheriff nick started wearing like a kind of like a cow a cowboy hat and like he messaged me and he was like so could cowboy hats exist in this time and i'm like well you know, um, Pete had an NPC that kind of wore like a, not a cowboy hat, but you know, like an Indiana Jones type hat. Yeah. And I was like, you know, so I, I guess it's kind of, kind of okay. Yeah. And then Nick says something really good. He's like, well, we're kind of a frontier town. So it's kind of like we're at your, I'm adding, it's adding its own flavor to the costuming. I stopped and thought about it for a second and I really appreciated that he thought of it like that. Like he took, you know, like a general theme of what we had and was kind of almost creating its own aesthetic to the storytelling through his costuming. Mostly just because the guy told me, he's like, yeah, I want to wear this hat because I didn't want to get rained on. Hmm. But, you know, but he liked the look of it, how it fit with his character. It looks great. Like, it doesn't look out of place at all. Like he has mm -hmm. this like full leather vest and like he's the sheriff of the town too. So mm -hmm. like <laughs> it... Yeah, it, it all blends in together. So I don't know. Like, I think that stuff like that, I get really excited about. That's cool. Those are always the best stories. Like, it fits really well. And then you find out the story and it's like, oh, I just didn't want to get wet. <laughs> and you think there's this epic backstory. Of, it was my father's that he found forged yeah. from the hide of his first kill or something. <laughs> it was funny. You were talking earlier about, like, the archetypes. Um I think, and like the classic, you know, D&D &D party or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of, and I think more actually, um, classes, if you want to call them, um, for Frontier Dawn that are, you know, non-combat. There's like more crafting um, paths than attributes, right? Is that uh, an uncommon thing or something that is a little different? Or is that there's like a lot of that going on in LARPs these days? It really depends heavily on the LARP system. Um, at Legacy, everybody had both what we're calling an attribute and a crafting path, like a, a class and a profession. Mm -hmm. At other places, it's just like it is at Frontier Dawn, where basically it's all in the same pool, but it's even more segregated than it is at Frontier Dawn. Frontier Dawn, they've designed the crafting classes to at least have enough uh, combat-ish abilities so that they're not really just kind of sitting in the back hoping they don't get hit. They can mm. still get out there. And up. In other LARPs, the, the crafting classes are just exclusively you craft. Those are your only abilities. Mm -hmm. Some people just only craft because they don't really want to engage in combat. Um, other people sort of are like the blacksmith who 
likes to make his own stuff and wear it. So they sort of like are part blacksmith, part fighter. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of the crafting classes is, you know, Joe, Felicia, Jake, and Tiffany put so much heart into those. And it just shows throughout every single one of them. And like, those were some of the, honestly, some of the, the, the best um, as far as like mind melts and stuff, just kind of sitting there listening to them go through and talk about how they want to implement things with crafting. And, you know, that's, it's, that it's, it, it's just cool to listen to them watch and, and develop uh, their skills and the way they work and talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Like I said, I mean, the, the, that was one of like the, the, the thing that they, they were like, crafting was like the last thing we did. And we, we kind of did a little a bit after the game had already had the rules kind of tested out. And um, it's just cool to see how it, it's kind of taken its own breath. I almost feel like the crafting is 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 a great way. It's its own um, flavor out of the game. Like I almost feel like crafting is its own kingdom people can be from. Just the fact that it adds like that extra bite, yeah. I think, you know, to, to 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 some stuff like, you know, every every crafting list I feel is just so multifaceted and it's it's fascinating. That's cool. There were some really good names in there. Like uh, one was uh, had something to do with taking uh, explorer as a crafter and it was called can you dig it yes i can uh, <laughs> it's a lot of uh of the skill names a lot of yeah yeah and you make lots of abilities you gotta come up with a lot oh of my names. god uh, Burning, a... i was just thinking of that <laughs> oh my god danny came danny uh came home and she's a smile on her face and she's like burning it i'm like oh god no why throw shade i'm like oh jeez. Yeah, I, right. yeah and uh yeah she helped come up with those i think and uh it's it's it, you know you have to have a little bit of fun with it because i think in the end you know there LARP, larping in general is is kind of you know it's you're in the woods with people and you're having you're, you're goofing around and i i've been to LARP where people take everything super serious i mean LARPs where people take everything not serious at all and I think if there's a balance there, it can really make it enjoyable for everyone to get their own thing out of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you go one way or the other, you're going to, you know, you're too serious. No one's having any fun. You know, everyone's like, did that guy just make a little bit out of game joke? You know, yeah. like say something like, I got this brooch in the merchant eBay and everyone freaks out, you know, um, but, you know, or, or you're in a game where everyone's like, where are you from? I'm from you know, Fargle Town. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it really could either take you out of game. I think both could take you out of game, honestly. So everyone's being too serious, and then they're they're policing everybody's seriousness, then people are just out of game in general anyway. Yeah. And then if, if everyone is laughing about out of game jokes, hidden behind, you know, then obviously they're being out of game. So I think if you have it a little bit, just to remind, yes, I'm in the woods. Yes, I'm having fun, but yes, this is also a you know a, a you know a, a world layered in, in in crazy lore with lots to explore. Then you have a little bit of you know everything everybody wants. Yeah, there's always a point. Like there's an up and flow uh, of any LARP event, and there's always a certain point, typically around like the middle of Saturday or even later towards after Maidenhead, where people start getting tired and they start getting more silly. It really doesn't help anyone to sort of tell people to stop doing that. You just sort of have to let it blow off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, I think I, I think a little bit. Of, I think sometimes people need that. Yep. Uh, I think it helps with with bleed a lot, especially when you have like a really you know high intense main mod, and I think it also helps with just calming down from the weekend. In the end, you know, we all are paying money or or, or you know are in time off work to go you know hang out with each other and, and have an experience. And you know, we we want we're it's a little vacation for all of us. Mm-hmm. And and I. I denying ourselves if we took it too serious now well put i always try to gauge that or keep that in mind um because we definitely side on the more casual side or uh we'll slip in and out of game really quickly um but i don't want to take away too much from like if people don't like that and they're like only want to talk in game um but again i was i was pleasantly you know surprised about uh it seemed like a very well-balanced group of, you know, they could tell people who were in game all the time and not, and didn't sway people one way or the other. So that was really cool. It made me feel more comfortable and like want to try to get better at that just for myself, you know, role-playing and staying in game and stuff like that. Um, especially seeing people who were doing it so well, um, people like, you know, Paul and Zach who role-played so well that I was like, yeah, I want to be like that. Like, have a character so flushed out that I'll know just what to say or and I and I think you hit one of the best LARP advices that I can personally give it's that uh and it's like Josh's LARP advice corner um I think one of the one of the things you do when you know, people are around you and you know they're being a little bad at game is just role play harder and not mm-hmm. role play passive aggressively but just role play harder you know um and that's that's also a great distinction you know don't be like don't talk louder you know but you know be a, be a shining example because if, if you mm. just get people's kids or make them feel uncomfortable, they're just going to talk about out of game about how more uncomfortable they yeah. feel. You know, like if right. you're at a game and you're like, and you're like, why aren't you guys in game? You're going to leave and you're like, man, see that guy? What a jerk. But if you go next to them and you start talking to them about the plot of the get of the day, you know, or, or either the things you've seen as your character and, you know, show them this really cool map you made, you know, obviously if they give you the look like go away and, you know, don't be that guy um, but you sure. know what I mean like you're, you're perpetuating good role play around them they're going to be inspired to do good role play and uh and I think that is the that is the best way a LARP community can foster in an all-around you know fun atmosphere um that is also rewarding role play by just you know not being not being butts yeah so role play hard and don't be a butt Yep. That's the takeaway. There are at some LARPs. Josh is saying that for a reason. I mean, I think that's a good distinction, too. Like, there's there's butts everywhere you go. The world is right. full of butts. You, you just you just have to, you know... Some of them are nicer than others. Some of, some butts are nice. It's true. The world... I'm sorry. No, no, that's a good quote. The world the world's full of butts. You have to decide whether or not you're going to be serving its lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like uh, again with that, you know, it's it's it's. Are you going to let, you know, the butts of the world ruin your fun, and how are you going to react to them in a manner that is not going to ruin everybody else's fun? Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things you see at a LARP is, um, you know, people know knowing that someone's cheating, or, or they or they think someone's cheating. So you, you see them get out of game, dude. You're cheating. I know you're cheating, but that pulls everybody else out of the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the best thing that this oh, rules lawyer. Yeah, rules lawyering. Best thing a staff could do is wait till the, the thing is all over. You know, and then pull that person aside and say, Hey man, can you not do that? And that way no one feels uncomfortable. That guy knows that people know. If you say it nicely, then at least you've you've used your integrity to do help the situation. And I think that's a that that's my I think like fourth rule of skill when it comes to LARPing is uh, integrity will take you pretty much everywhere in life in general. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. You're, if you, it, as long as you maintain your own integrity throughout a situation, there's really not much that can come back to you. And that's something I've been thinking kind of throughout most of this is these are life skills that'll do you well that you can learn in a LARP or game setting, you know, like be considerate of other people, you know, generally, um, don't take things too serious, you know, handle things delicately, be, you know, have integrity. It'll take you far. There's a lot of nerdy people who really learned how how to socialize well by LARPing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think my career and my, and and LARPing have gone hand to hand and how I've, I mean, and how I've managed it and how I've dealt with things. I mean, through, through the people I LARP with and through LARPing in general, I've learned that I can be more of a leader. Um, and with that, you know, I mean, I've also, by taking corporate training courses, um, I've, you know, I've, I've learned things about myself that I can apply to my LARP characters and that I can apply to how I manage things on a LARP level um, to enhance it, which has just been, you know, life is full of lessons. You just got to know where you're going to take and roll with them. Awesome. Cool, guys. Well, definitely some awesome advice and some great stories. Appreciate your time. No, thank you guys. Yep. Thanks for talking with us. Yeah. yeah, it was fun talking to you guys. Got some great content for this new podcast. <laughs> uh, if people want to find out more about Frontier Dawn, where should they go? FrontierDawnLARP.com. Or you can uh, find us on Facebook at Facebook slash FrontierDawnLARP. Awesome. Thanks for talking with Paul and Josh. Great couple of guys. I've enjoyed playing with you. Um, Josh has made some amazing characters and costumes uh, in the game. He definitely gets into that stuff. Uh, He's made some really cool mods with some special effects that enhance the experience, which is cool. Yeah, just recently the uh, prologue that they, the Frontier Dawn puts out uh, right before the event to give people an idea of what's going on or what's going to happen. Normally it's just text, but this last one was uh, kind of a radio, old-timey radio show that was, uh, someone had recorded in a crystal, and we all got to hear that Josh had made that was a nice little treat. Yeah, I didn't really catch it fully, but he had a, you know, lore-friendly explanation as to how it worked. <laughs> Captured the reverberations of his voice or something, I don't know. That was, that was a cool character. Yeah, we'll definitely have probably both those guys but definitely josh on again but thanks for talking to us and hope you are enjoying some larp with some great rules and some great people thanks for listening and tune in next time